Thanks for tuning in to Start With Scripture, a Hesed Heart podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Grove, here to bring you scripture reading and application that can fit into your morning routine and your busy schedule. Learn more at hesedheart.com. Good morning, my friends, and happy Thursday. Yesterday we saw Paul on yet another trial, making yet another defense before someone, and that defense is what we're going to see today. In response to all of these accusations that Paul is causing trouble, he's causing riots, he's blaspheming against the Jewish temple, all of these things Paul now is speaking up to make his defense before Festus the governor, before Agrippa, a ruler above him. So let's dive right in. We're in Acts chapter 26, verse 1, and I'm reading from the ESV. So Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand, I'm picturing an orator's gesture, and made his defense. And here, it's very interesting, Paul almost splits this first section into a little sandwich, speaking about his past as the buns, the beginning and the end, and then about his current belief and his current purpose in the middle. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa. I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So he is speaking directly to the main man, the big guy who is there in charge, as was the custom, and he is speaking to him and appealing to him to listen. And I really like that he points out to him and he says, Agrippa, you have knowledge in this area. This King Agrippa, he was set over the Jewish temple and he was in charge of that. And so he knew many of the intricacies within the Jewish culture and the Jewish society. So he's saying, you are familiar with all of this because of your position. So I'm happy I get to share this before you. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they're willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. So here's the first bun of this sandwich, pointing out his past, that all of these Jews knew him growing up. They knew he was a strict, fervent believer and follower in not only the Jewish faith, but also in the sect, the group of the Pharisees who had many extra laws that they were to follow. And so he's pointing out, they all know me. They all knew me in the past, my roots, where I am coming from, that I was following Jewish law, that I have a high regard for Jewish law. And here comes the middle section. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And notice that 
as he is sharing his current belief, his current purpose, he's still tying that back to Jewish scripture, to Jewish beliefs. He's pointing out that he is hoping in the promise given to all Jews, given to their forefathers, to people like Abraham and Moses and David. It is throughout the Old Testament, this promise that he is hoping in. And for this hope, I am accused by Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible to any of you that God raised the dead? Going back to this controversial issue of resurrection, saying you know our God, you know the promises he gives from the Old Testament, you saw him show up throughout the Old Testament. How is it incredible? How is it shocking or surprising or unbelievable that God raises the dead? And of course, we know that he is pointing specifically to Jesus. And he's pointing out that the reason he is on trial is not for a national Roman rule that he broke, but rather for speaking up against the status quo and quote unquote, breaking Jewish rules specific to their religion. He goes on, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he's kind of closing off this sandwich now, going back to his past. And I did so, meaning opposing the name of Jesus, in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. He was partially responsible for these Jesus followers being put to death, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme and in raging fury against them i persecuted them even to foreign cities so he shared first his roots that he respects jewish law then he shared his current belief in the promise of god from the old testament that the christ has come and now he's sharing again his past how he persecuted jesus followers And he ran them down. He imprisoned them. He approved of their deaths. He punished them. And he points out something beyond just that punishment. He points out his internal motives. He says, I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. He wasn't just hearing their blasphemy and acting on that. No, he was actively trying to trick them. That is not an attitude of love, but one of anger. He goes on, and in raging fury against them. Raging fury. He is now speaking directly to the motives and the emotions that he was feeling as he persecuted these people. And I can't help but wonder if him saying this didn't call out the Jews that were sitting there. In this trial, his accusers calling them out, calling out their inner anger, their false, selfish, hurtful motives that were not in love and truth, but in anger and hatred. And so it's beautiful to see his boldness. He is still pointing to Christ. He could easily walk away say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. 
Say, I don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. I don't think Jesus was the Messiah after all. And he'd probably get off easier. He'd probably save himself imprisonment and pain. But he doesn't. He knows our Lord. Jesus has infected his heart with love and with truth and with grace and with his salvation. And that is what he is communicating even before this king. The most influential person he has been able to minister to yet. And he's doing so in a very compelling way. In this sandwich of his past compared to his present. So tune in tomorrow morning as Paul is again going to share his personal testimony of coming to faith. And as he's going to share truly his mission to share the gospel with the Gentiles. So I will see you tomorrow morning. Thank you.